cliffcentral.com. All right, let's move on. We've got Dr. Hanan on standby, and it's time to ask him a couple of questions this morning. It's going to be okay with Dr. Hanan Bushkin, renowned psychologist, head of the Anxiety and Trauma Clinic in Johannesburg. Today we're going to talk about something that pretty much everyone can relate to, and that is grief. So Dr. Hanan will share some of his useful knowledge on how to deal with this stuff. Morning, Doc. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing well. How are hey. you doing? Hey, listen, I've got, to, I've got to say up front, before we get into grief, um, I've noticed your your TikTok is uh, blowing up, and I see lots of new content on there every day. There's, Ooh, you've got nice. A lot. Dr. Hanan right. is becoming a TikTok celebrity. Celebrity. You know, I'm trying to reach as many people as I can with this knowledge. Uh, so whichever platform, whether TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, I'm really an amateur in terms of the marketing of the stuff, but I'm just trying to put it out there. And whoever can tap into it, well, that's great. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, Good. well done. And I see, I mean, I'm not on, on TikTok often, but maybe you're one of 10 people I'm following on there. And it's cool. It's, it's, it's interesting stuff. And you address lots of the, the most obvious things that I think are affecting, you know, everyday people in everyday ways. And I think if we can figure out shortcuts to sort out our mental health, then that's a great place to start. So today, everybody wants in. Let's talk a little bit about uh, grief because it's something, you know, when we talk about grief, you immediately think, oh, well, someone has died and now I have to deal with that. But grief actually runs across many aspects of our lives. And it's a way that we deal with lots of things that aren't just death. Yeah, you're quite right. The thing is that uh, grief is not just the loss of a person. Let me define grief for you. Grief is when your world changes from A to B and your head hasn't accepted B yet. So when perhaps let's just talk about a loss of a person, when a person was in my life and suddenly they're no longer there, my world has literally turned from A, whatever it was, to whatever it is, and my brain isn't prepared to accept it. My brain wants to go back to what it was as opposed to accept what it is. So, now, so, so that saying, can relate saying, to opportunity. Are you saying that grief could even be in, in the breakup of a relationship when, you know, you've been with someone even, for a, short, even for a short time, like a couple of months, and then you, you break up with them and they're no longer in your life and you go through grief? Absolutely right. So it could be a breakup. It yeah. could be a loss of a job. Right. It could be moving to another country. Mm. So I see a lot of, I do see a lot of patients from overseas from other countries and they all go through the same thing, which is the process of loss. So they go literally from environment A, literally to environment B. And it's about letting go of A and accepting B. Now it's, uh, it's well known that grief goes through when you go through grief, when you go through their final acceptance, and that's what healing is, by the way. Healing is when I finally get to a point where I accept my reality as it is. And by the way, the more the more entrenched the loss is, the more valuable whatever you had was, whether it's a loss of a person or a country or a job or an opportunity, the more intensely you will feel the loss, the more intensely you will feel your feelings. And there are a couple of stages uh, and I'm putting stages in inverted commas and you'll see in a second why when people go through this final acceptance one is shock uh, people can't believe then denial, they refuse to accept it then bargaining, I wish I had done X, Y and Z and only if I had done X, Y and Z then uh, A, B and C would not have happened 
there's anger, guilt, depression, and acceptance. Okay. And the mistake that people make when they go through grief is they think that these are stages, but they're not stages at all because literally somebody, and if you have been through a loss yourself, and everybody's been through a loss of something, maybe even, by the way, a loss of a phase in life, mm. suddenly you go from, to your point, you know, being in a relationship to being single yeah. or being in a relationship to being married. Mm. That's also a loss, by the way. So people think when you go through the process of loss, you go through these stages in, in sequence, but it's not true. You can literally go from stage one to seven to two to three to one to seven in a minute. Mm. And the reason why that's important to raise is because when people go through loss and they have a moment of acceptance, like they feel, okay, I'm okay with what has happened. Right. And suddenly they're no longer okay with what has happened. They think they've gone backwards and it's not true. You can literally go from denial, I cannot believe it, mm. to I completely accept it, to I cannot believe it in a day, in a minute. So as long as you allow yourself, and we'll talk about some strategies of what you can do, as long as you allow yourself to go through these phases, some in sequence, some are not, then you'll be able to heal quite effectively. All right. So, so let's just talk about how you because I mean, I've heard a lot of these stages of grief discussion. So what are those stages and, and how do you know where you're at in the process? So these stages don't, as I said, they just don't apply. Don't see, see them in stages, okay. see them as phases and you can literally jump from one to another, oh, so, but maybe no, perhaps it's, always, discuss. It's, it's not always linear in other words. No, it okay. doesn't work all in right, sequence. Cool. It's not at all. Not Got at all. You. So what can you do about it? Remember, we have always said that one of my things that I teach, and I mentioned this on the show multiple times, is behavior is king. Mm. Behavior is king. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be controlling your thoughts and emotions. You should be controlling what you do aligned with your goals. And the analogy that I've used um, before is the bungee jumping analogy. Mm. If I say to myself, let me think and feel fine or in control or safe or secure first, and then bungee jump, well, I'll never bungee jump. What I have to do is bungee jump and bungee jump and do and do and do and do and do and do and do. And eventually I start accepting it on a cognitive level and I start accepting it on an emotional level. I'll say it again. The moment I do the right thing, eventually I will start accepting it on a cognitive level and on an emotional level. Now think about grief. Again, grief is when my world turns from A to B and I have to act. I have to act even though it feels fake and it feels unnatural and it feels weird and awkward and very sad, but I have to act mm. as though B, my current reality, is the only reality. And the reason why I say act is because you don't want to. Your right. brain always goes back to, oh, my God, I want to go back to how it was. But that no longer exists. And by the way, the definition of suffering is when my world goes from A to B and I'm still living in A. Right. So think about somebody that's immigrated to another country and they keep on fantasizing about how great South Africa was and all the benefits of South Africa. Right. Think about breaking up with somebody and fantasizing how amazing it was to be in the relationship. Think about, you know, having a person in your life that you've lost and fantasizing how life was, would have been like, should have been like, could have been like with a person in it. That is suffering because that is not real. You're not marrying the reality of what it is. You're marrying the fantasy of what you wish it was like. 
So you, how do you get over the grief and how do you eventually reach healing is you have to act as though your reality is your reality. Right. So I say to our patients, obviously with kindness and love and support and empathy, I say to the person, imagine somebody sitting next to you, a, a version of you that's completely accepted the reality of what it is. How would you act? How would you act? Not what would you think and not what would you feel? How would you act? And they would uh, rattle off a list of things that they would do. And I say, I want you to start acting that way. That's your bungee jump. Hmm. And by the way, people say to me, but Hanan, when I act that way, it makes me feel worse. And I say, I know. And think, okay, let's go back to the bungee jump example. Right. When you bungee jump the first time, your anxiety level is this high. <clears throat> but now you jump, bungee jump again, your anxiety level goes higher. Now you bungee jump again, your anxiety level goes even higher. And now you bungee jump again, even higher. Now the fifth time, you're, you don't only feel anxious, but now you feel nauseous as well. But now bungee jump 10, 15, 30, 50, 100 times, now you start feeling better. So the feelings don't change immediately, but always eventually. The acceptance doesn't happen immediately, but happens eventually. And that's why people struggle with the idea of behaving differently, because not only is it difficult, but also it makes you feel worse initially. So my advice is act as though the reality is the reality. You will feel worse initially, but keep on bungee jumping and your head and heart will begin to adapt. Mm. It's kind of, it, it's, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm, I'm going to use an example that is not probably as um, uh, deep for some people. And that might be losing a, a pet for mm. some people. It's, it's a huge thing, but I, I don't want to use a really heavy example for now. Um, but for instance, you might find yourself not being able to look at a picture of a cat that looks like that cat that you once lost. You might not be able to watch a video of that cat, of a cat that looks like that. And then you think to yourself, your next question is, well, I obviously haven't processed this properly. What, right. you know, is that, is that a thing? Do we have to process these things or can we go for the rest of our lives thinking every time I see that cat, I'm going to think of the one I lost? Yeah. Is that so, okay? Yeah, for, uh, for sure, Leanne. It's a really, really good comment and a really good question because, you know, as human beings, we are broken. There's no such thing as a perfect human being that doesn't fear anything, that doesn't isn't feel feel doesn't feel anxious about something. We're in some way, in our own way, kind of messed up, and we don't have to deal with everything. We don't have to, you know, become perfect again. We can still have fears and anxieties and insecurities and frustrations. Mm -hmm. The whole notion of return back to perfection is just nonsense. It just puts people under pressure because it's not even realistic. So should you deal with everything in your life? Of course not. It's not even possible. And if it was, I wouldn't share like I would want to invest coins, effort, time, energy into fixing. I'd rather invest time and energy into my family and friends and uh, into my work and my sense of purpose and my health, really. Yeah. So should you deal with it? And how do you know whether you should deal with it? Well, if it's impacting your current goals. So if, for example, not looking at a picture of a loved one is not enabling you to move forward and be the best partner that you can to your partner or the best parent that you can to your children, or suddenly it's preventing you from going to work every morning because you're boiling your eyes out for three hours in the morning, then yes, you should be dealing with it. But if it's not impacting you, and it's not imp impacting the big anchors, the big uh, elements of your life, then you don't have to deal with it. It's not necessary. 
Well, Marco is saying, uh, thank you, Doc. I needed to hear your message this morning. And Gary says, um, Doc, I experienced quite a significant loss last year. Now, when I experience any change, example, change jobs, move, etc., why does it affect me so badly since then? I suppose it, yeah. everybody's like this, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we don't like change, but think about it. I'll give you an analogy. If I get bitten by a dog really badly, suddenly I'm not just going to fear that particular dog. So I'm going to fear all dogs yeah. and even worse. Mm-hmm. Never mind. I'm going to fear dogs. I'm going to be looking for dogs. You know, so I use, I use another analogy. Imagine I'm lying, you know, by the pool and I get stung by a bee really, really badly. And so I wake up three days later out of my coma. Now, no longer will I fear that particular bee. I'm going to fear all bees, but even more so, I'm going to be looking for bees everywhere because I don't want to be stung again. Mm. So my brain is going to search and going to search and it's going to search just in order to protect me. But here's the interesting thing. I'm sure you've heard of the saying, if you look, you shall find. Mm -hmm. If I look for bees, I will always find bees mm-hmm. that's just the way it looks even if there are no bees around what's that sound oh, it's an airplane no no no. it's a bee oh what's that smell oh my god that must yep. be a bee oh my god what does what it's there's always going to be bees to find so my my comment is obviously when you get uh, bitten or you get stung by life of course you're going to prevent yourself and stop yourself from being stung again your brain doesn't want to go through it but my advice to you is slowly expose yourself to the things that you fear because without the fear and especially if without the fear it's you make yourself a better version of yourself doc how about this just quickly because we've got like a minute or two left here tracy makes the point you can even grieve your future memories the plans that you made that for whatever reason can't happen anymore you know you sometimes see people for example you know they get to their their 40s and they're like oh i regret that i didn't have kids or they get to uh, they they get into a job and then they regret that they didn't take another job instead. Mm. Um, th- these things happen too, right? That's a good point being raised by Tracy there. Definitely, and think about what COVID did. You know, when people obviously when we went through COVID, people's future, how they saw their world, kind of rolling out, died in that moment. I can't travel anymore. Mm. I got to perhaps change jobs. I got to maybe change my routine. I got to change. Maybe some people have to change countries or, or move countries or change whatever it is but you lose the version of yourself that you hoped would be there. And that's a loss too. But my advice to Tracy and for anybody that's dealing with any form of loss, even this with a future, with future vision of myself mm-hmm. is to marry what it is, not the fantasy of what you wish it was. Very good. Fred, that's all we got time for this morning. But Doc, as always, thank you very much for joining us. We will be back with Dr. Hanan Monday next week. And do send us uh, any of your emails, any of your questions to contact at cliffcentral.com and we can then pose the question to Dr. Hanan and hopefully get some of these things resolved. If you'd like to get hold of us, contact at cliffcentral.com. Thanks, Doc. We'll see you next week. Cliffcentral.com.